This is episode number 129 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you become better speakers and presenters. On this episode, I interview Ivan Ruiz, who's an exceptional public speaking coach out of Canada. And it's actually kind of a funny session because I've known Ivan for a while and he made the suggestion that that we kind of do a podcast together. And I was like, oh, sure. What, what should we talk about? You know, because he's a public speaking coach. I'm a public speaking coach. And one of the suggestions that he made was, you know, he said, well, you know, I'm, you know I just wrote a book and I'm getting I've got a really good uh, online course on Coursera and, and stuff like that. So we can talk about those kind of things. But, you know, what I'd really like to do, though, Doug, is interview you. I'm like, oh, no, no, I mean, nobody wants to do that. That's not that's not going to be an interesting topic at all. Right. And so. Uh, Somehow, we set out to talk about his stuff and ended up with him interviewing me. Anyway, it's, I, I had a blast. I hope you enjoy it as well. Uh, it, it actually went a little longer than what we were expecting, and so I think I'm going to break it down into two sessions. So this is part one of the interview with Ivan. Enjoy. Hey, so so what, what's yeah. your background? How did you get into speaking, and, and, uh, what, and what do you do other than – because, I mean, I saw your – Coursera or whatever it is, as, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Toronto University and all that kind of stuff. So, what, what's your what's your background? How'd you get into this? Uh, yeah, so basically, let me let me. I'll give you the quick and dirty of my story because it, it's kind of this thing that, and you might know this, Doug. It's it was sort of always in the background, but I never started using trying to make it as a life choice and a career choice until kind of later on. So when I graduated from high school, I got a job with this or the Ministry of Attorney General. I don't know if you have an equivalent. Um, it's a provincial, uh, state level kind of like second to what would be the governor, perhaps. In okay. Canada, we have premiers, but second mm-hmm. to the governor would be the attorney general. They're like the main legal authority. So like, they handle like providence or like like the like the like like a providence or like a uh, like for a, the province, yeah, yeah for the, the province. Province. province yeah. So they handle everything and anything to do with like law and the, and and the the execution of law and the legal system, but also in the promotion of of law. Okay. So I spent two years traveling around the province and I'm 18 years old talking to kids from like elementary school to grade 12 to youth detention centers to like teaching groups, facilitating workshops on racism and violence. Oh, wow. Hmm. And for two years, every day, four different, four different places every day, all across the province of British Columbia where Vancouver is on the West coast. That's all I did. Oh, wow. And, so when I went to university, I went to business school. I have a background in finance. And I just became known as the guy who was good at presentations. Okay. You know, and, it, it, and then I actually represented, I went, to, I went to Montreal, I went to McGill University. Mm-hmm. And I used to travel around the world representing McGill in case competitions, which are okay. these big pr- presentation style competitions sure. with like Harvard and Wharton and McGill, we were the Canadian kind of like representative. And so I got to go. I, I went to Hong Kong. Um, I actually, I was in Dallas. Oh gosh, it was so long ago. I forgot. I was in Hong Kong, Dallas, Singapore, Copenhagen. Like, 
and just speaking. But then I had to like, I feel like when I graduated, I had to become an adult. Right. And for, this is great. This is great audio because I just made quotation quotes. So everyone just imagine someone doing an adult. And uh, I always have to tell people like when I do that, because I do that when I'm doing the podcast and you'll hear me say, uh, yes. and I'll say uh, air quotes here. Okay. Air quotes around this one today. Yeah, man. That's quote, exactly right. Unquote, you know, so. <laughs> quote, unquote. So then basically I ended up working, I got a job in finance, wasn't really into it, got a job in sales, wasn't into it, worked in HR, worked for a non-for-profit, wasn't into any of that stuff, didn't do that well in any of that stuff, if I'm very honest. But for some reason, you know when you get hired by a big company, they'll usually make you do like a, a week or two of like training with all the other new hires and you learn the right. company. Whenever, I, no matter what the company was, for some reason, people are like, oh, Yvonne will do the presentation just because I seem to kind of naturally kind of gravitate towards that. And so after a while, I said, why fight it? But I thought, if you're going to get started, you got to like, how do you how do you even start in something like this? Right? Because Doug, you know this, and this is for anyone listening to all the effort you put into the website and everything. That's great. But at the end of the day, tell me if this is not the truest thing. It's who it's who you know, that gets you more work. It's like, Oh, I got a guy. Oh, I know a lady who can do this. Oh, I know the right person for this. You'll do something and then they'll be like, I want you to meet so-and-so. And then you do it with them and then they pass you on. So I was like, how do I do that? Because I'm nobody. So I went to the, to I did the Toastmasters thing. Became the highest. I'm a DTM, by the way, which nice. is like distinguished Toastmaster. Right. And then kind of moved on from that. Uh, I actually trained with Dale, the Dale Carnegie group. I don't know. You were talking about training companies. Mm -hmm. right. So I, hold, I, did the, I worked for the Dale Carnegie group, got all their certifications as well. And then the thing that really got me to the next level is I dance. <laughs> so <laughs> I know you're like, what does that have to do with anything? Someone said, Hey, Vaughn, you're trying to do public speaking, right? And I was like, yeah. And this is a dance friend. And she organized like, you know, so you think you can dance. Remember that show? Yeah. So you think you can yeah. dance? Sure, sure. Or like Jennifer Lopez world of dance, that thing now she right. basically organized those events in Canada. Oh, wow. And she said, we need a Ryan Seacrest. We need a, we need a guy who does it, who's the MC. And you're public speaking and you can dance. <laughs> and I was like, and then I literally said, you know, Doug, there's, you know, like if I'm talking, teaching people how to talk, I should be able to back it up, right? Right. So I said, well, yeah, I guess I should be an MC because if I'm, if I'm saying I'm so good at speaking, put me out, put me to the test. Right. So for years, yeah. So for years, I just became this MC, and that was my main thing. And then, with my Toastmasters and everything, this is how I started developing the business. I used my Toastmasters group while I was in university to start offering free training to all the other departments at the university. Oh, okay. And then those departments ha having the back. And then over time, the graduates of like the MBA program would get jobs, and they'd be like, "We need someone who's good at communication and presenting skills." And they would remember, hey, I knew a guy from Toastmasters from four years ago. Right. And that's how I slowly started building the business. Oh, and I wow. still dance yeah. and I still MC. And I make t-shirts. And you make t-shirts. <laughs> and I make t-shirts. Right. <laughs> All right. So hold on a second. Let me, just in case we want to use any of that, I wanted to, to kind of know where the ending point was. I do so. that all the time. Yeah. So the, um, okay. So, um, do you want, so, by the way, Doug, do you want me to send you the presentations or do you want to talk? I can talk about the book. Uh, they don't have to be naked. I can talk about the course, the Coursera course, because that's been, a, that's really taken off recently. 
Right. And I can also talk about some of the random kind of places I learned. I took communication from right. like professional wrestling and police. People seem to like that. St those stories of uh, police interrogation. Right. I can right. tell you about a time I got a job just by always being able to have a standing challenge. Any group, any topic, give me five minutes and I'm ready. And I'll right. do that with any potential client and also with any MC gig. I'll say, give me a mic right now and I'll take care of it. Right. That's the uh, Gracie jiu-jitsu technique oh, for, for public for speaking. Yeah, because that's what they used to. That's how Gracie jiu-jitsu back in Brazil, that's how they got known was they would say, hey, you bring your karate, your taekwondo, whatever, you bring it into our school. If you can beat us, great. And it was they, nobody ever won. You know, so it's like they'll take any comers. Any, you can come into our school. Mm -hmm. we can, we'll do a competition. We'll see who can win. Right. So that's kind of funny. I love that reference because mm -hmm. I watched the very first UFC live. Did you really? Oh, I saw it. Yes, in like yeah, 1990. It was in like I saw it recorded in like 96, I guess, or something like 95 or 96. Like Hoist Gracie was like yeah. and Ken Shamrock. I remember watching it live and being like, what is this martial art? This great, this jujitsu, this Brazilian jujitsu, Gracie jujitsu. I saw a um, documentary on that. I mean, it was the it was the it was the the Gracie brothers that actually organized the whole thing. They were the ones mm -hmm. that created the created idea. Because yeah. they, they basically said, hey, why don't we do what we do back at our gym? And in brazil and we'll do it we'll, we'll have all, people from all different things come and we'll see who can who can win and they like and uh, so they were they were talking to these promoters and the, the promoters the people who they were getting to fund this this pay-per-view event you know this big huge event and they were saying okay so who are you going to get to represent and they said ah we're thinking hoist and we're like the kid that got our coffee, what? You know, because apparently that was like the he was not the younger he was just brother. Like the youngest, was, yeah, yeah, he was like the he was like not he wasn't anywhere at the caliber that any of the other guys were, and they were like, nah, because if if Hoist can do it, we know we know that that crazy jujitsu is the is the best in the world, right? So, and that's what they did. They were like, man, that was a big risk. It's so true, and it's funny. You know, props to you for knowing that history because not a lot of people know it. Unless you're into, you're really into like mixed martial arts and that well, kind of I'm stuff. A, but yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black belt in Taekwondo and a brown belt in Gracie Jiu Jitsu. So I'm. I Are you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Train with so, Doug, stuff. now I have another reason to go down and visit you. Because mm. I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm nowhere near. I'm like, I'm still like a beginner at Jiu Jitsu, but I've always been a huge fan. And I, funny enough, I'm in my dance class. I found there was this big scary man with like covered in tattoos who picked up dancing like this. Like just, just, and, and again, listen, everybody, I'm making snapping motions for the audio, for the audience. And I was like, man, you danced before? He's like, no, no, I'm a, I'm a fighter. Right. Yeah. And we got to be it's friends. Balance, man. It's all balance. It is. And so I started learning and I picked things up, you know, like, not like I'm some great at, but I picked things up a little faster than others because I knew about balance and weight right. change and right. people, same thing happened. People were like, you've been, uh, you've been fighting for a while. And I was like, no, I, uh, I salsa dance. <laughs> the salsa has prepared me for this Kimura. <laughs> the guy that I trained with, um, the, the guy who runs our school, he's, he was a ex cop, you know, he's, that's how he yeah, got yeah. into, um, it was funny. The story behind what he, how he got into jujitsu was, um, this, this, uh, one of the guys that, you know, this, this Brazil, Brazilian guy who was opening up a school here, uh, came in and he asked uh, Chuck Norris asked him to train him on mm -hmm. in jujitsu, right? So Chuck Norris, you know, at the time he was doing Walker Texas Ranger and that kind of thing, and here in, in Fort Worth. And so this guy, the guy that trains me now, was on the Fort Worth Police Department. He was in the tactical unit, you know, and and big, huge dude. I mean, he's huge. I mean, he's he's a um, weightlifter and you know football ex football guy and everything. 
And so the, this jujitsu guy, little tiny Brazilian guy, calls him out because he's the cop that was, he was on the protection detail for Chuck Norris, right? So, so he's doing a demonstration for Chuck Norris and he calls my, my professor out and, and says, here, um, I'm going to ask you to, um, to try to pin me down. So just pin me down. So basically he's sitting there the whole time. He's just kind of yep. sitting there and, and Professor Young, who's like 260 pounds maybe and all muscle and everything. So he's a big guy, he's, yeah. yeah he's, 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 he's got his knee on him and stuff like that. And, they, and the, the guy is continuing to, this Brazilian guy is just sitting there. He's continuing to talk like normal. There's no, he's not, he's not, breathing heavy. He's not, no, I mean, and, and after about six minutes or so, the, the, you know, the, the guy that trains me now, he's, he's like, he's exhausted. You know, he's sitting there cause he's That's trying to, he can't grab a wrist. He can't grab an arm. He can't, he can't take him into custody. He can't, I mean, he's like he's doing all the normal stuff that they do in, in, at, at police departments and, and nothing's really working. Eventually he's just kind of exhausted in a couple of seconds, he kind of flips him over and, and kind of arm bars him and he's like holy crap so he's like he was hooked at that he said man i, I gotta learn how to do this and so he, he started training with that guy he, he became when he, when i got open to school he was one of his first um students and and after 10 years or 12 years or so I became a, a black belt so so that's yeah. awesome dude i love that by the way you know what i know we haven't talked public speaking communication that much but i feel like your audience would love to know more about you yeah, yeah. so i think you might consider and i know i meant I, I think i sent this in an email like think about like Instead of you interviewing me, I ended up interviewing you. Right. And I think, I think you, you just did. I think you are. I think that's the whole, I think that's what's going on. Communication. Here, so. Yeah. Right. But I think, cause I think, and it's so true. And this is, I think a changing dynamic in the world of communication. And in, I guess mm -hmm. if you can say in the world of, let me, weird analogy, Doug, do you like cooking? Yeah. So yeah, I'm actually a pretty decent cook. So yeah. Oh, okay. We'll yeah. talk about that later. We'll find So the people want to know, but I love cooking shows and I love cooking competition shows. So now that's and my so, wife. My wife is totally, <laughs> with the, she's, I mean, so I, I get it by osmosis, but yeah. So, I, but I've seen every cooking show ever made ever. I think. Perfect. Then you'll know this. And you can, not because I enjoy them, not because I enjoy them. I don't really like them, but <laughs> I get to osmosis. <laughs> I get to osmosis. You have, you, you'll learn to like it. <laughs> exactly. So one of the biggest things I always remember from, and I take this into my world and I tell people this all the time. And I, you talk about this sometimes, uh, like, you know, when in finance or when we're just giving a report, but we're not supposed to make decisions, but like, yeah, they still want a point of view. And in the food network, they used to, when they find the next food network star, I remember the constant, the constant underlying theme was, listen, obviously you can cook a steak everyone can cook a steak. If you're on this show, you're cooking a steak. It's, we're not, but what's your point of view that's going to make you interesting to watch, to right. listen to about cooking steak. And right. that's how I tell people that when they say, well, I'm just an accountant. I'm here to give a financial report. I'm like, no, you're not because a computer can give a financial report, but what is your point of view on the report you're giving? That's right. what makes value. And that's, that's just a little, like, I always think about the food network. What's your point of view? Yeah. It's, and there's a lot of uh, crossover there for um, kind of what mm -hmm. we do. One of the things I, um, I would say in the, in the probably the, the 2009, 2010 sure. timeframe, that's where, where I started moving. Um, it was still doing a lot of classes and training because that's really my background. But I started moving into folks who were hiring me to come out and do keynote speeches and stuff like that. Yeah. So more of that kind of stuff. Uh, back pre podcast and pre, you know, really YouTube channel and everything, but still starting to, to get a, a big following. So I started hanging out with other 
keynote speakers. You know, we'd, we'd have mastermind groups and we're, we, there'd be like 12 of us that would God, I'd love to be in one of those. Oh my God. It was, it was a blast. I mean, some of these guys that I was hanging around with back then still, I mean, still keep in touch with a lot of them today, but, but it was a, it was a, a, a neat little group, but it was in one of those discussions, these were all some of the highest level kind of up and coming keynote speakers in the, in the world were, were in a, you know, we were all at a, at a, a, a guy's house in Vegas, one of our friends and, and he, um, one of them said, one of them said something about, uh, you know, I, I've got the best, um, you know, leadership skills ever or something. I don't even remember what the guy was talking about, but, but the, everybody kind of laughed and, and because everybody in that room knew that your who, cares, says it. who cares, you know, who cares? That, that has nothing to do with what makes you popular. It's your, it's, it's your story, right? It's your story. It's your mm-hmm. background. It's your how did you learn this? And what's the application in the real world? It doesn't really matter that you have a few techniques that, that work every once in a while. It's basically how can you apply this stuff in the real world? And I kind of took that to heart. I mean, that was one of the things that from all that mastermind grouping that we did, I, I kind of noticed that the ones that were really making things happen were the ones that, that were um, helping their, their clients and their customers use their content in the real world, the practical application. And that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we've been known for. That's what my, my instructors and I have been known for, for the last, you know, 20 years or so. And I think that's one of the things that really kind of makes us different from, from the other folks that are out there. But it's, it, um, the, the interesting thing though, was that there were about in that room, about half of them were like me. The other half were, Oh, I see you being political. I, I, I mean, see you I'm being, I know. But I, I would say, I mean, the way that I would describe it is scoundrels, you know, their, their whole goal was to, it was funny because one they of want to start a cult around them. Alone, <laughs> when we were alone, one of them said something to me that just floored me. And when, when he said it, I was like, I never want to be anywhere around you ever again. He said, yeah. he said, Doug, if you want to make a lot of money in, in as a speaker, you always tell people what to do, but you never, ever, ever tell them how to do it. And I was like, That's oh, terrible. my jaw That's dropped. My terrible. jaw dropped. I'm like, my God, how can you live with yourself? You know, I mean, how is that? Oh, geez. It was like, oh, and, uh, and if, and if, Anybody's actually, if, they, if this actually makes it to the podcast or <laughs> I, it has to, Doug, you, the, this is, want, this is gold. I feel, I, I gotta ask you more I'll questions. Send you that guy's name. So you never, ever, never ever, take it ever, from ever him again. Take, you know, never, never, ever, ever give him money. But, um, but, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it on the podcast, but if you email me or, or text me or, that's right. or, or Twitter me, or that's or, a private, that's a PM right there. That's a PM. And I will, I will, uh, I will, I will tell you what that guy's name was, but it was, I was just, and I haven't spoken to him since then. I mean, it was, it was the last conversation we ever, we, we ever had. I kind of shut myself off from that. Group yeah. And it was, uh, it was weird. Cause um, anyway. Well, uh, I'll tell you yeah, something. Yeah, one of the things that what you just said really resonated with me because, you know, when, when I, I wrote this book and I kind of try to take a different approach to, to teaching communications and when someone asked me to summarize it, one of the things I said, and maybe I think you can empathize with this. I think you can agree with this. It says most people seem to only be teaching you ideas, but no one's teaching you the tactics to get to that idea. Yeah. You got to engage your audience. Sure. How? <laughs> And that was always a frustration. There was always teaching me the what. People were teaching me the idea, but no one was showing me tactics to get to that idea. And that's mm. just like what that guy said. And that's why, that's why, and like, if we're really honest with each other, that's why people don't always take soft skills seriously. 
It's right. not because they don't think they can, they're important. It's because they don't think anyone can teach it in a non-fluff way. In yeah, fact, man. dude, mm-hmm. I got to tell you the story. So I was, I teach, a, I teach a regularly at the University of British Columbia in, in Vancouver. And I was teaching at the MBA program. And I get into the elevator, going up to the fourth floor. And a bunch of the students come in. I can just tell. They're like, and I, I'm in the back. I'm in my suit, you know, looking all good. And, but there's, it's a business school. So like a third of everyone's got a suit on, right? Right. So these, I'm sitting there and these two, three MBA students are like, so what, you guys, are you going up to the fourth floor? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys going to go check out that uh, public speaking thing? Yeah, God, we got you. I know, man, this is going to suck. I know. Like, how do you teach public speaking? It's like, it's probably going to be a bunch of fluff. And then I was, and then we walked out and then I walked right in with them and they were like, oh, are you in our class? I was like, because I'm youthful looking. Right. Uh, I said, no, I'm your teacher. And they look <laughs> on their faces. <laughs> to my credit, afterwards, they actually made a, no- a note to come and see me afterwards to say that was very, it's not what we were expecting. We actually took right. something from it. But yeah, I've always, I, that mentality is there, right? Like you experience that all the time. Right. Yeah, I think that's one of the best compliments that, that, that I ever receive and that I receive quite often and that my instructors receive is that, this is totally different than what I was expecting it to be. You know, I was expecting it to be. I mean, one of the things that we are doing um, where it's funny because um, one of my instructors wrote a, a blog post. She's doing a whole series on, on um, reinventing yourself, you know, with all the yeah. stuff that's going on in the world, you know, how, sure. how you, what a great adapt, time to do it. You know, how do you adapt to what's going on and, and be more effective and, so I was editing that. I mean, basically, she was sending me the content, and I was, um, you know, helping kind of post it. We, she did a on one of the the podcasts. She was one of the guest hosts on one of the podcasts. So I was editing that. So while I'm editing it, I'm listening to it. I'm going, "Holy cow, that's you, Doug!" <laughs> it's like because she was saying, she was saying one of the things that she she mentioned over and over again was that you can't be a one hit wonder. And she was making fun of you know some of the '80s um, rock bands that had one hit, and then you never heard. Yeah, them. And, you know, she she was she kind of used that as her as her kind of proof but um you know in the in at the at the leaders institute at my company um we have had some some remarkable success over the years and the first one was with fearless presentations that was the very first kind of thing that just took off because i was before fearless presentations before we created this this class that we teach all over the world now we were i was doing leadership that's why we're called the leaders institute is because yeah. it was leadership training and one of the things that i kind of figured out was that leadership is something that if you market it to people the soft skills like you were talking about and you can show them how they're going to get a result from it they'll go oh okay that makes sense i'll buy that but it's nothing that anybody looks for it's not like anybody goes to google and says hmm I'm not sure I'm a good leader. Maybe I should take a leadership class. I mean, nobody in the history of the world, I think, has ever yeah. done that. And so it was, it was a lot of outbound marketing. Well, when we created Fearless Presentations, one of the reasons why we were so successful so early was um, it's the kind of thing that people, if somebody stands up in front of a group and they don't do as well as what they wanted to, a lot of times they'll go to Google and, and try to fix it. You know, so they'll yep. say, how do, I, how do I become a better public speaker? And so that's how that's how we kind of got known for ourselves is that we started getting thousands and thousands and thousands of people every year that would just come onto our website, read our blog posts, watch our videos and stuff like that. And then say, hey, and these guys are pretty good. Maybe I should go to one of their classes. And that's kind of that's kind of how it, it all took off. And um, so for so we went from teaching like I think in in the early 2000s the first year I think I taught maybe five or six classes and then the second year I taught maybe 10 or so and then the third year it was like 30 
And then the fourth year, it was like 300. You know, it was wow. like, it was like, it, it, it sounds like an overnight success, but those first years were really, really lean. Cause I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I was putting everything back. I was spending everything to, to market and everything. So, but, but you know, that, that fourth or fifth year or so we were, I mean, we were, we were, we were so busy traveling all over the world. And then, and so that was kind of our first really big hit. It was one of those things that, that um, the world just kind of loved. And they, and um, uh, once somebody would go through one of our classes, they would, um, they would recommend us to other people, which is, by the way, is really remarkable for public speaking. You know, most of the folks that go through a public speaking class don't want to tell anybody that they were when, you know, most people are like, they're, 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 it's true because they just, they get a bunch of ideas and they don't feel like they're really going to, they're like, oh, that was really interesting. Thank you. And then you never hear from them again. Well, actually, but if you're doing something right, right, like the way you're doing, then they're like, I need all my friends to come and do this. Well, it, it kind, kind of, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you, but it's, I think it's a little bit more than that. It's that most people, when they like, like an individual, if an, if an individual is going to pay for him or herself to go through it here he or she is going to go through a, a class yep. um, a lot of times they they will go through a public class like fearless presentations because they don't want anyone at their company to know that they mm-hmm. were going right so they're they're embarrassed so that, so as a result they'll they'll say I'll, I'll, I'll just go kind of fix this and they go and fix it and they come back to the to their company and now they're just kind of they're they're um they their get next promoted. level they, they start get going up in the, in the organization and then all of a sudden they have people working for them that are going through what they went through and all of a sudden we started getting all of these people that went through the class in the early 2000s four years later they were sending their entire staffs through our class you know so it was i mean that's really how we grew it was we the folks that we were training kept getting promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted and promoted and higher and the higher in their organizations they went the more they started sending people through our class and that's why it was like a it was like a snowball effect in those early days but um and by the way Doug, you know and, mm-hmm. and I, I i think this is another thing that if someone if this makes it to the to the podcast and if you are listening audience i'm almost positive and the only way we will find out is if you write Doug. Okay. And you got to post it. You got to post it somewhere. Google reviews or send him a message is I think people would be fascinated and super to hear the very specifics of you building your business. Right. Because I, it's something that I'm really curious and you're giving us little gems right now. And all I want to do, I know we're here to talk about me, but all I want to do is be like, okay, let's back up a little bit. Let's go day three. (laughs) Let's go day three. What's the email? How you doing it? Like I would love to. And I think there's so because Doug, if you look at your demographic and people write Doug, this needs to be the highest ranked episode so that he knows people want this is you should have a series or a side podcast or every once a month. Talk a little bit about the, how you built your business over time, because I think a lot of people that are listening want to become better speakers and they want to become better communicators, not just so they can do better at work, but also because they probably have a desire to start something and they're using communication to take that first step. So why not help them take the two, three, four step? Nice. I'm just going to say it. I'm saying what the people want. And for the radio, I have my hands in the air. It's like I got a tablet in my hands right now telling you the truth. Right. But anyway, though, but I, there is actually more to that story, though, because that was like the first, was the first big hit, right? So that was the first big hit that we, that we had that was in the early 2000s. And then... 
Ooh, that's a good place to pause with a nice cliffhanger there. So we'll give you part two of my interview with Ivan, or maybe it's part two of Ivan's interview with me next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks. Bye. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.